Welcome into Devore Darkens Live, episode number 158. And in today's show, I'm going to be sharing three simple tips you can do to develop better relationships. Because I know it is so important to you to feel like you have the connections you want with people. Um, I know you don't want to feel like people don't respect you. You don't want to deal with conflicts. You don't want to feel like you don't have any friends and, you know, things of that nature. And you also want to lead people in the right way. But you also want to protect yourself. You want to stop putting yourself in positions where you feel like you get the short end of the stick. And you want to have better, stronger, healthier uh, relationships. Well, I'm going to show you how to do that in three steps in today's episode. Now, why would you want to do something like this? Well, as I always start this show off with, is purpose. There's got to be an emotional reason on why you would take these three simple steps seriously. And that's going to have a lot to do with the way you want to live your life. That starts with purpose. What are you dedicating your life to doing? Once you have that answer, that will be the motivation you need to make the changes that are necessary to get you to where you want to go. So if you don't know what your purpose in life is, the first step you can take is by going to the link in my bio and downloading what I call the Purpose Finder Cheat Sheet. Uh, this free cheat sheet will show you how to discover your purpose in life. It's very simple and it comes with a free video training. Again, you can go to the link in my bio and download that. Now, for the people who have been watching this show for quite some time, you want accountability, you want mentorship. In fact, I just had someone who just signed up right now, like right before I hit record, they asked for the uh, link to sign up. Um, maybe you're a person who needs someone to get with on a weekly basis. Uh, maybe you're looking for one-on-one -on -one help, um, not because there's something wrong with you, but who else are you going to talk to about this stuff? Who else in your life understands what you're looking to achieve? Who else understands exactly what you're going through emotionally? Now, I don't know you because I don't know everybody that's watching, but I can guarantee I have a good idea. And I also know that I'm trained to help you get through it. So if you want my help, and getting to where you want to go in life, all you got to do is schedule a life audit call and we'll have a conversation and see if I'm the right fit for you and you're the right fit for me. And you could do that again by going to the link in my bio. Now, what are the three simple tips to developing better relationships in your life? Let me read them to you. Number one is never take it personal. You do that by taking responsibility for your own actions and emotions. Number two, you got to do things from a place of abundance, meaning you want to give without feeling guilty. Number three, you got to drop the expectations. You need to accept people just as they are. And you got to make peace with that. Now, that's a lot. That is a lot because that is the opposite of the way that we grew up. You know, you're used to taking things personal. You're used to thinking that people are trying to stab you in the back. Um, you're used to seeing people that way. Um, a lot of us, because we didn't receive it when we were children, we're doing things not from a place of abundance, we're doing things in our relationships from a place of guilt. You guys need to listen to me tonight because this is going to be some deep stuff. 
And I'm gonna give it to you really short and sweet tonight because I don't have that much time. I gotta get to, <laughs> I gotta get to my group coaching call after this, but you guys are gonna love this, okay? A lot of people, you're giving with guilt. There's, every time you do something for somebody, it's because you're guilty. It's because if you don't give it to them, you feel guilty. That's a problem, by the way. That You're not doing things from a place of abundance. Number three, drop the expectations. Sometimes we expect people to be something they are not. Because that's what we expect ourselves to do. We expect ourselves to be that way. And if they're not that way, then we get all upset. You're going to be, you're going to put yourself in a position where you'll never be happy because you're allowing what someone else is doing to control you. See, you got to accept people as they are. You may not agree with the way that they live their life. You may not agree with what they value, but that doesn't mean you need to be upset about it. That doesn't mean you need to get angry and allow that to ruin your life. That's not what that means. So the three tips that you can be following to help you develop better relationships is, again, number one, never take it personal. You do that by taking responsibility for your own emotions and actions. Number two, do things from a place of abundance. When you give and you say, you know what, I'm going to help you do this or I'm going to help you do that, you're not doing it because you feel guilty. You're doing it because you have the ability to do it. There's abundance within you. And if that's a skill set you have and it's not going to put you in a bad place, then you go do it because you know they may not be able to pay you back for that. But in another aspect of your life, you will get paid back for that because what you give is what you receive. Number three, drop the expectations. The only expectations you should have is of yourself. And again, that's a slippery slope. Sometimes having unreasonable expectations will do us more damage versus just having no expectations. Meaning we got to accept people as they are. Everybody's on their own particular journey. Now, some people will say, well, that's BS, Devori. People should know better. Well, do people really know better? I just said it. You know, we got to accept people as they are. They didn't control who their parents were. They didn't control the environment they grew up in. They didn't control who their family is. But we hold that against them. You see... How is that going to help us have better relationships? Let's go through these three. When I say never take it personal, I know this very, very intimately because this used to be the story of my life when I was in my 20s. I told you guys, my father was a drug addict, was never there, never met him. Mother was a drug addict, wasn't my mother. I had to be adopted by somebody else in the family. Grateful, by the way. Uh, But I took everything personal. I took what my my parents did very personal. I had a cousin who molested me. I took that very personal. So when people would do things that I wouldn't do, I would take it as they were disrespecting me. I would take it too personal. If someone said something, I would take it too personal. And what was happening is I was allowing what people were saying, what I thought they were thinking, And what they were doing to control the way that I felt, no wonder I didn't have good relationships. How can you develop a positive, healthy relationship if sometimes someone's being honest with you and you take it personal? Right? It's not going to work. So what did I do? I had to take responsibility for my own emotions. 
See, if I'm taking something personal, what does that say about me versus the other person? It says more about what's going on with me than it does the other person. You see, if I'm getting triggered and I'm taking it personal and I'm melting down, that says a lot about me. That says that I'm not in control of myself. That says that I'm allowing some negative belief from the past that is not based on truth to control me. And that means I'm avoiding taking responsibility too. That's what that means. Excuse me. So we have to understand that we, we can't take things personal. We got to take responsibility. You see, if you find yourself in a position where people are disrespecting you, you got to take responsibility for putting yourself in that position in the first place. You see, when I wasn't respecting myself, nobody else was. When I wasn't loving myself, nobody else was. And if they were, I couldn't receive it. See, I had to take responsibility for me. You got you to stop taking it personal. Now, we all, we've heard of that, especially if you read the book, The Four Agreements. A phenomenal book, by the way. Um, you want to be a happy person, you got to stop taking things so personal. You'd be shocked at how many people waste their time and energy because they hold on to what somebody said. They hold on to what somebody did, which means they are judging, they are condemning that person. And if we spend time condemning other people the only person we're really hurting is ourselves because we know that doesn't feel good. You know it doesn't. How is condemning other people helping you live the life that you want to live? How is condemning other people helping you develop better relationships? It doesn't. See, if you're spending your energy and your time condemning other people, you know what you're not doing? You're not spending time uplifting other people. You're not spending time dealing with positive people. Because you're not, you're not in a positive state. You're not going to attract those people. Number two, you got to do things from a place of abundance. This is really, I find, a hard one for people to do. Especially if you were like me, people pleaser. Because you didn't get the attention you should have gotten as a child. So what do you do? You give more than what you should. And the way you give comes with conditions. The way you give comes with guilt because you didn't get it when you were a child. So when you do something for someone, subconsciously, you're expecting something in return. And when you don't get it in return, you take it personal. When really, it's saying that you haven't dealt with that yet. Because if somebody, like for example, if I help somebody and they never help me in return, I don't care about that. I don't need to receive what I gave them. I know I'm going to receive it from somewhere else. Why? Because there's an abundance. There's no shortage out here for us. We give from a place of abundance, not from a place of lack. Hey, well, if I let you borrow this $20, man, I expect the $20 back. You know if someone's asking you for $20, the chances are they're not going to give you the money back. We got to give from a place of abundance. That also takes into account that when we give, let me let me say it to, to you this way. 
when you give without guilt, you won't put yourself in bad positions. You see, when I was in my 20s, I was taking my hard-earned money from the military and I was paying for stuff I should have never paid for for others. I remember we had three people living at the apartment with me and I was paying everything. Not because they couldn't pay it. Not because I had all this money in the world. But because I was so guilty when it came to money that I would rather give every single dollar myself and overdraft my bank account before I went and asked somebody for help. That was my relationship with money. That's what I'm saying. You got to address the way you give things to people. Is it coming from a place of guilt? Is it coming from a place of lack? Is it coming from a place of limiting beliefs? Or is it really coming from a place of abundance? See, when you come from a place of abundance, you will set boundaries that are healthy automatically. Because you wouldn't dare put yourself in positions like I was just talking about. See, if I was given from a place of abundance, that means I would have had a healthy relationship with money, which meant I would have had the confidence to say, hey, guys, I'm not paying for everything here. You can pay yours. There's an abundance here. You earn money. You could pay your, your share. But see, I didn't have that level of confidence. I, didn't, I, wouldn't, I wasn't able to do that because I had too much guilt around money. Not because of me, but how I grew up. See, most people, they're giving with guilt. There's something attached to the things that they're doing. Why do you think I tell you guys everything you need to know on this podcast? I'm giving you from a place of abundance. I'm telling you everything you need to know. Why do I need to come on here and say, well, you know, if I'm giving you guys this information, um, you know, I expect you guys to give me this. I don't expect you to do anything. The only thing I, I if I do have an expectation is that I have the expectation over on this side. I expect that the way I deliver this is from intuition and that the person who needs to hear it tonight, that it hits hard for them. And so when they wake up or they go to sleep tonight, they're thinking, man, I'm going to be different. I'm going to make a different choice here. What I heard today on Devore's podcast, that's exactly what I need to hear so I can go in this direction. That's my only expectation. Which leads to number three. Drop the expectations. When I say drop the expectations, I'm talking about drop the expectations that you have of other people. Because everybody's programmed. You have to understand that. Most people are doing things unconsciously. So when you think, oh, well, that person, they are deliberately trying to sabotage me. They are deliberately trying to disrespect me. They are deliberately trying to take advantage of me. That's not what it is. You're thinking from a place of fear, scarcity, and lack. That's the limiting beliefs talking. That's not really what it is. What it is is that individual is displaying behavior that they're not in control of. Their subconscious mind is in control of it. That's why they act that way. Not because that's really who they are, but that's the way they've been programmed. See, we mistake behavior with identity. We think the person's true identity is the behavior that they show. And a lot of people would argue that's the truth. Well, I don't believe that to be the truth. How many times did you fail a test, but you really were not a bad student? How many times did you not show up to school or fail a test, but you're not stupid? What if, what if society was really that black and white? If you failed tests and all you did was ever graduate high school, people automatically think you're stupid. That wouldn't be fair, would it? But 
that's what we're doing to people when we have these ex expectations of people. And their behavior is one way, and we expect it to be another. We expect that they know better. That's not true. How do you know they know better? Did you raise them? Were you their parents? Chances are, the way you grew up is not the same way someone else grew up. It's not the same experience. People are a product of their environment. So, you know, you may expect yourself to be 15 minutes early. And for another person, they don't expect that of themselves. So if they don't show up 15 minutes early, why would you take that personal? That's not the way they're programmed. That's not what's in their subconscious mind. You got to accept people as they are. Now, that doesn't mean you let them run all over you. But what I am saying is that you've got to draw a clear line between having unreasonable expectations of people versus understanding who they are and what their habits are. So you know what you're going to get when you're dealing with them. And you can't force them to be somebody they're not. They have to consent to changing their behavior themselves. It's not going to come from you. They've got to make that decision internally. You see, when we talk about these three simple things, never take it personal. You see that thing on um, social media sometimes. Oh, if they don't, if they don't invite you, don't go. Why would I expect people to invite me? Somebody wants me there. They'll let me know. And if they don't, so what? Why does it have to be a passive-aggressive thing? That's how society is, very passive-aggressive. Yeah, if they don't do this, you know, this is what this means. Do you ever consider the fact that people literally just are not in control of their lives? Do you ever consider the ability that there's a lot of people not really doing this type of work on themselves? So they're in 100% 100% reaction mode? That's not your problem. But it also, because it's not your problem, doesn't need to be a problem in your mind, right? You don't need to allow what other people do to control the way that you feel. That's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people out there, There's especially when it comes to our family. We think because we're all part of the same family that we all are supposed to act in a certain way, but everybody still grew up differently. Everybody was parent differently, even within the same family, because people grew up in different periods of that parent's life. So, yeah, you can have three siblings, but they all have two different conclusions of the way that they grew up. How does someone parent between their first child and their third child? It's not the same. So we, we have these expectations like, hey, well, mom raised us better than that. She raised you better than that. That's probably the way she talked to you. She may not have talked to him like that. I challenge you to actually go do the research. You sit down and ask that person. I guarantee you they're going to describe to you a different childhood than you had. But you had the same parent. You see, it's really easy to expect that people know better, which means they should do better. But that's actually coming from a place of ignorance. That means we don't understand the way our minds work. That means we don't really understand psychology and people's behavior. 
there's two points about this. Number one, again, just because you think they know doesn't mean that they actually know. And number two, just because a person knows still doesn't mean they're going to do it because the doing is controlled by the subconscious mind, not by the conscious. So you can go and you can read all the books and memorize the information. That doesn't mean you're going to do it. Big difference. So how does this help us have better relationships? Well, if you're going to have a long lasting successful relationship, you can't take things so personal. You got to let things go. And you got to take responsibility for your own reactions. So when people say something and you choose to react negatively, that's on you. That's not on them. That's on you. You had a choice. You didn't have to react. You didn't have to give that energy. You didn't have to dwell on it. You didn't have to hold on to it. But if you choose to do that, you're going to pay the price. And you got to take responsibility for that. Number two is you got to do things from a place of abundance. Again, you give without guilt. You give knowing that in some different aspect of your life, a different area of your life, you will receive. So I can sit there and I'll get people, when people ask me questions, even if they're not my client, and I don't have a problem answering the question. Some people are going to do what I give them to do, and some people won't. That's not my problem. It's not a problem anyway. I'm doing my job. I'm an abundant person. So I will give with abundance. I'm not giving thinking, oh, my God, well, you know, is this, I don't have nothing left. I can't give anymore. It's because you're thinking from a place of lack. You're thinking you're supposed to receive something in return from that person. That's not true. You have to understand the power that's flowing through you. Now, I believe we're manifestations of God, which means there is no shortage of what we can do. See, when we get ourselves right, when it comes to giving, we won't have an issue. But if we're not, if we're not cleaning up what's going on with us, we've got some internal battles going on inside. We've got some negative beliefs. Trying to give without guilt will be difficult. So that's why you guys heard me talk about it on another podcast show about forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful things you could do for yourself. You're cleaning up all that negative energy inside of you. So when you go to give, it's different. See, I used to believe, let me see if I can help you guys get this. Before I got into this and became a coach, I used to believe I was helping people. I used to believe, well, I work hard for people. You ask me to do something, I'll go the extra mile. I'll, I'll spend all my money on you. I will, I will go to the ends of the earth to help you. But then when they wouldn't do it for me, I would take that very personal. Why? Because I felt guilty that if I didn't go the extra mile, that there was something wrong with me and that that's selfishness. That's ridiculous. That's not true. Now, when I went back and I did some work on myself, the way I'm able to give to people in my life is entirely different than before. It's a different attitude, different energy, 
different ideas, different conversation. It's just a different relationship because I'm different. You see, so if we want to develop better relationships, it starts with developing a better relationship with ourselves. Now, we've heard that. I know you've heard that time and time again. And it's something that's cool to say. But are you doing it? What are you doing to develop a better relationship with yourself? Have you been exercising forgiveness? Are you letting things go? Or are you still holding on to, on to things? And again, dropping the expectations. The only true expectation, if you're going to have a better relationship, is have the expectation that you are going to do what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about what the other person's doing. You do your part. Last thing you want to do, and I love this because I actually kind of got this analogy from Judge Judy, which is um, pretty entertaining to watch. I don't know anybody out there who watches Judge Judy, but, you know, my wife and I, we used to binge watch Judge Judy during COVID. It was really cool. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, she used to say, you can't come to my courtroom with dirty hands. You're, you're coming to the courtroom. You committed a crime and now you want to sue this person for also committing a crime. Get out of here. Well, I believe that's the same thing in relationships. How are you going to tell someone to clean their hands when yours is dirty? See, you got to come into these relationships with clean hands. It's like, how are you going to go to your neighbor and say, go, go make your bed and yours is messy? Hey, why don't you clean up your house, but yours is dirty? That doesn't make any sense. See, when we develop the better relationship with ourselves internally, that's what everything on the outside is going to change. That's how it's going to change. I think we have some time for some questions. Let's see. Yes, I do have a YouTube channel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, we have some comments, but no questions. So let me give you guys a, a couple of things here to leave you with. Sometimes you're going to have people who can't give you something they don't have. You got to understand that. We expect people to give things to us that they really don't have. They're not there emotionally yet. You've got to be aware enough to see that. You may have it emotionally, but they may not. Some people don't know how to be in a relationship. They've never learned. You got to understand that. That's why I say you got to accept people where they're at. We got a question here from the one Tyrone 85. He says, what are the signs of an emotional mature man? That's a good, good question. A signs of an emotional mature man would be a man who doesn't take things personal. <laughs> it's just what I'm saying. An emotional mature man is someone who can... You know how people think that sometimes people are 
withholding information and secrets to success, a mature man will give everything away because he knows that he doesn't lack anything. He knows that he can tell everybody his secrets about how to be successful and it won't make a difference in his life because he's good. And that's not just financially, that's everything. Um, I think a mature man focuses on himself. Focusing on being the example. Uh, I think an emotional mature man is someone who holds himself accountable. And I also believe it's a person who doesn't put up with people's BS. That doesn't mean he gets into fights, but he just sets boundaries, doesn't tolerate certain things. Um, I also think an emotional mature man understands what his purpose is and has a goal, has a vision, whether that is to provide for his family and be a leader in his family in that capacity, um, to be the father that he would want his son to be. Um, it can also mean a man who understands his place in, in everything here. You see, how do I put this? Um, I've been around a lot of men, obviously. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't, right? But I served in the military. I mean, I was in, in the infantry. That's male dominant. And you'd be surprised of how many men out there don't have fathers and were never taught how to be a man. A lot of men out there, have they have a lack of hygiene um, habits, I would say. Um, lack of confidence. Um, lack of purpose. And I think the best thing, if you're listening and you happen to be a man, I think the best thing I could tell you to do is to go learn how to be one. And the only way to do that is to go find a man who's an example of that already and to start listening and studying how they do things. Now, I'm not going to say there's one person, but what I, what I will say is this. Uh, and this is without going down a tangent, of course. Um, I think the biggest, one of the biggest epidemics or pandemics, I don't know what you want to call it, is there's a lot of men who are not men. How do I know that? Because I would say I used to be one of them. I wasn't raised by a father. I was raised by a single mother. How can a single mother raise a man to be a man? She can't. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. It doesn't work that way. So if you're like me, you, you need to learn. I had to learn. And you'll be learning for the rest of your life, of course. But that's why you got to choose to associate with the right people. Um, you got to associate what I would say, you got to, you got to at least associate with, I don't want to put labels on it, but let me put it to you this way. You got to associate with men who take 
care of their responsibilities, who they provide for their families. They are an example of someone who has a purpose. I'm not going to put any labels on it, but I'm going to say people like that. And um, I would tell you a lot of men are set up for failure today. That that's I think that's not an over. I don't think that's an overstatement. I would say that's an understatement. I think a lot of men don't understand the concept of work. I think a lot of men today don't understand the concept of financial responsibility. I think a lot of men don't understand what their place is in this world. They're confused because they were raised by a single mother. And my mother, she gave me everything she had. She, I'm very grateful for it, but she can't teach me how to be a man. Just like I can't teach a woman how to be a wife or a woman. That, that makes no sense. I can't do that. So um, it's a great question. You know, maybe I could dedicate an episode to talking about that a little bit more. I think that's a huge problem on both sides. I think it's a huge problem for women. I think a lot of women have been set up for failure, and I think a lot of men have as well. Not because our parents are bad people. It's just they don't have the information. They, they couldn't give us what they didn't have. My mother, my, my, all my adopted mother was doing was the best she could. She was much older in her life. She was my grandmother's sister. So, you know, she had a terrible marriage. So to have the expectation that she would have got remarried and found a guy that I could learn how to be a man from, I, I think that's unreasonable. I think she did the best she could. And I think a lot of single mothers out there, I'm talking about my generation, um, I think they just did the best that they can do with the information they had. They just try to survive. So the results are in. We know that's not the recipe for success. So I think what we got to do is on both sides, as women and men, we got to go back to the table and ask ourselves, do I even know how to be a man? Do I know how to be a woman? Do I know how to be a wife? Do I know how to be a husband? Do I know how to be a father? Do I know how to be a mother? Do I know how to be a leader? Do I know how to be a follower? And if the answer is no, then that's the balls in your court. That's why I said you got to take responsibility. You think all these bad relationships you've been in is because people don't like you? No, you got to take responsibility. You don't know what you're doing. You got to go learn. Um, and again, it's not for me to say who you should go learn from. It's for me to just tell you the results, tell you the story. So if you're not getting the results you want, then you got to look in the mirror and say, man, I got to make some changes. And you need to write it down in a gratitude list, set the intention that you're going to find someone that you can learn from. And you will. You will find that person. But, yeah, I... I <laughs> I can go all night with that. I really do believe that is a problem. When you're a man and you're raised by a single mother, chances are you're going to be very emotional. You're not going to be very mature emotionally. Because you take on the characteristics of a woman. Women, women are more sensitive than men are. So if you're raised by a single mother, chances are you'll be sensitive. It's just what the bottom line is. And what we choose to do about it, that's the conversation here. What are you doing about it? You know, I, 
I'm telling you guys, it's it's shocking out here what's going on. And I think that's why this mindset conversation is so important because it's all about you. If you're going to be a better man, mindset. If you're going to be a better woman, mindset. If you're going to be a better leader, it's mindset. It's these principles that we're talking about. It's understanding who we are. It's understanding why we behave the way that we do. When we start understanding what's going on inside of us, then we can start the process of change. But if we don't understand what's going on, we're not going to change. We're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and getting the same results. I think that's the best way I can put it. Now, here's one more thing. I don't believe men really... I don't think men really can think until they're about 30. I really do believe that. I don't I don't I don't think men who are 30 anyone who's under 30 years old, I still don't think you are awake yet. I think you're I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a biology thing, but I think most men don't start thinking until they're 30. I really do believe that. I think women think way earlier. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think, uh, I mean, I, I told you guys I can go down a tangent on all this stuff, but, um, I think one of my best advices to anyone who's under 30 is if you're a man, you need to get your money up. You need to get your confidence up. And you need to understand what it is to be a man before you even approach a woman. That's just my personal opinion. I think if you're if you were raised by a single mother, I don't think you should be dating. I think you should get yourself right. I think you need to associate with men. I think you need to go find someone who is a an example, um, father figure or something like that, who has proven through results um, that they know how to lead. They, they financially are in a good place. Um, I, th- I think it takes a while for men to, to get to, th- to that place. I don't think you, if you're 18 and you're a guy and you're listening right now, I don't think you can, well, anything is possible. But what I'm saying is, is that generally speaking, I would say that things aren't going to hit you till you're 30. So if I could go back, which I don't, and I don't want to, But I tell people all the time, if I lived in a parallel universe and I got to live this life, but I can manipulate my parallel one, I would have had my 18-year-old self go find a mentor, a man. That's what I would have did because I didn't have one. So a lot of my 20s was just bad habits because I was sensitive. So anyways, I think, again, things don't really turn on until you're 30. And so... If you're a man, I don't think you should be trying to start a family unless you got your shit together. That that would be my personal opinion. And I think if you're a woman, you shouldn't be trying to have a family with someone who isn't isn't mentally, spiritually in in the right place. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I think women they control that. Like, I really do. I I think no one's having kids unless the woman consents. So choose very carefully who you choose to associate with, who you choose to date. If you're a young woman, I wouldn't be dating. 
listen, I told you guys I don't I don't like giving my opinions, but this would be a topic I would definitely have a lot of opinions on because I lived it. I've been on the other side of this. If you're a young woman and I'm talking at least under 25, I wouldn't be entertaining anybody your age. Never. Because they don't know how to think yet. They they what what do they know about responsibility? Most men under 25, where do they live? Usually at home. So that's not a every single guy out there under 25, but you don't have to go very far to see the results. They're in. The results show this. So if I were you, if you were my daughter, I wouldn't want someone... Listen, I would want you to be happy, but I would definitely want you to be with someone who understands leadership, understands how to provide, understands how to protect, understands they have a purpose um, and can think. Again, I don't think men really start to think until they're 30. But again, that's my personal opinion. So... That's my tangent for tonight. Uh, I think we'll answer one more question and then I got to get out of here. Uh, let's see here. My adopted mother, um, how old was she? 2005. She was 63, I believe, 60-something, when she adopted me. See, the person who adopted me was my grandmother's sister, so she was older. Yeah. Excuse me. If you want to find your purpose, go to the link in my bio and download the Purpose Finder Cheat Sheet. Why is it important for relationships when it comes to emotionally mature men? Well, yin and yang. There's an opposite to everything, man and woman. It's that simple. It's that simple. Plus and minus. You know, you... <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to make another show on this because... I don't understand. I don't understand why so many people are confused about this. I think it's a lot of programming and a lot of misconception. And um, but I think it's really simple. I really believe it is. And um, we'll have to we'll have to revisit this. But I let I gotta let you guys go. I got a coaching call to go to. It was really great tonight answering your guys' questions and talking about three tips you can do to develop better relationships. And that leaves us with, hold on, let me cue it up. Thank you for listening to the Devore Darkens Live podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you master your mindset so you can manifest more money, more freedom, and a better life. Remember, subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow me on Facebook, TikTok, and IG at Devore Darkens. Love you and take care.